From COK Studios in Lakshmi Singh's Root Cellar, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider why fewer and fewer Americans are choosing to be religious in our discussion series, Consider All Sides. We'll also consider graduation season with some inspirational commencement speeches. And we'll consider, what's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from PBN, now showing the new Ken Burns documentary, Checkers, the history of America's favorite board game. Tonight, part seven, King Me. Check local listings for showtimes. And the estate of Joan R. Samuels, who told her worthless children to give her money to public radio instead of wasting it on more crap for themselves. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. According to a new study by the Pew Research Center, the U.S. is less Christian than it used to be, and fewer Americans are choosing to be a part of any religion. Over the past seven years, the number of people who call themselves atheist and agnostic has nearly doubled, which shows that religion is losing credibility with many. The decrease of religious feeling is especially pronounced among young adults, but it also includes people of all ages, ethnicities, incomes, and educational backgrounds. As part of our discussion series, Consider All Sides, we have asked two religion experts to try and help us understand the changing landscape of religion in America. Joining us here in the studio are the very Reverend Bruce Richards from the National Cathedral in Washington and Rabbi Mordecai Horowitz, host of the popular Jewish faith radio show, Shalom Improvement. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Happy to be with you. Reverend Richards, I'd like to start with you. Why do you think people are not as religious as they used to be? Well, Dinah, when I saw these poll results, it it just confirmed some things for me that I've been aware of for a long time. There's been an increasing trend towards secularism in Western culture since the 1950s. Churches are struggling to keep up as a place where people can find spiritual answers. Do you think you can reverse this trend? No, no. As much as I'd like to say it'll be okay for religion, I see this trend continuing. Kind of surprised sometimes at how long we've managed to hold out. Rabbi Horowitz, what do you have to say about the Reverend's comments? I'm forced to agree with my colleague, Dinah. While there will always be a place for religion and spirituality, times have changed. It's up to us as religious leaders to accept it and move on. I can't speak for my Christian friends, but I know that struggling to keep people interested in what you're doing is nothing new for the Jewish people. Despite declining numbers and some bumps in the road, we've been able to stay afloat for centuries. So there's nothing you feel like can be done? The fact of the matter is, who really wants to get dressed up and sit quietly inside a stuffy old building for two hours on the weekend? I can't really blame my parishioners who have joined their atheist friends on the golf course or at brunch. We tried to have Shabbat outside last weekend, but nobody paid attention. See? Well, do you see this as just a problem for your religions or all religions? All of them. Even the weird ones like Scientology or Evangelical Christianity are suffering. Exactly. You can try and make religion sexier with cool young preachers who wear hip suits and call Jesus JC. And you can play Christian rock and roll, but that stuff is just a lame gimmick that will only prolong the inevitable. People see right through it. We had a Jewish rock band play at the temple a month ago. The Talmudi Blues. They were terrible! It might have hurt us more than it helped. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you feel like there's no hope to bring people back to religion. 
It's fine. Let science deal with answering everyone's questions and problems for a few centuries. Religion has earned a break. Uh, yes, as the Reverend said before, uh, we've had a good run. That was Reverend Bruce Richards and Rabbi Mordecai Horowitz. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Commencement speech season is underway as high school and college graduates are soaking up advice and wisdom from speakers across the country. With so many notable people making speeches, from Michelle Obama to Kanye West, we thought it would be fun to share two commencement speeches from regular COK contributors. First, we have Dr. Marion Morrison, who has been a frequent guest on our show. Dr. Morrison is the author of several books on permissive parenting, including a new one entitled Your Child is the Most Special Person Ever, and Don't Let Them Forget It. Here is his address to high school seniors at the prestigious Marsden Academy. As I look out on all of your eager, happy faces today, I'm reminded of a quote from my first book. As long as everyone in your inner circle gives you non-stop, unconditional positive support forever, you can do literally anything. You are all members of the greatest generation in American history. Some people will say that your generation is too overindulged, too shallow, and too sheltered to meet the demands of a more competitive world. They are wrong. They will say that your parents have done you a huge disservice by coddling you and not giving you the tools to cope with any adversity. But I say that that is complete hogwash. Your overconfidence in your abilities is your greatest asset. You can go out into the world holding your head high because you know how great you are. It won't matter that literally hundreds, if not thousands of people are better than you at all of the things that you think make you a unique individual. Or that your teachers, friends, and future employers will find you insufferable because you know deep down that you are entitled to a great life just because. Your parents and this very expensive private school education have given you everything you need to survive. Money, power, influence, unwarranted self-esteem, money, and undeserving accolades. It is these things you take with you to your insanely overpriced liberal arts college. Now, I'd like to address the parents for a moment if I may. This is not the end. This is only the beginning a wonderful, joyous beginning for you and your child. You may think that your role as a parent as you know it is coming to a close, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. Your children will still need your support as they head off to college. They will need you as a sounding board, as a mentor, and as a friend. They will need you to call their professors and complain when they don't get the grade they think they deserve. They will need you to buy them clothes and phones and cars to fit in with their new college friends. And they will need you, most of all, to keep building them up with unhealthy praise when other people tell them they aren't as special as you know they are. In closing, I would like to quote from myself again and say, Being special isn't actually about being special. It's about believing it and telling anyone who will listen how special you believe yourself to be. Congratulations, Marsden Class of 2015.
Now we'll hear the commencement address given by Consider Your Health reporter Alex Truman at her alma mater, Bryn Mawr. I am so pleased to be here today. You may not know this, but I was a sickly child. While I was a good student, I had to overcome asthma, nut, dairy, poultry, and sunlight allergies, rosacea, planter's wart, sensitive fingernails, and inverted kneecaps in order to become my high school's valedictorian. My four years here at Bryn Mawr were no easier. I was beset with ailments such as shingles, night blindness, vertigo, sinusitis, and a dust allergy that forced me into hermetically sealed off campus housing. Why am I telling you about all this? Well, I want you to know that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. I could have given up on my education when my bunions flared up in my second semester. I could have quit my work-study job at the library when I discovered I had a paper allergy. I could have stopped writing my wellness column. Wellness. Ha! For the college newspaper when I got the gout. But I didn't. I kept on going. I knew the value of that diploma, and I was going to get it. Gout or no gout. Vertigo or no vertigo. Hip dysplasia or no hip dysplasia. Ever since I was a little girl in my germ-free plastic bubble, I had dreamed of going to an elite college and getting my diploma. Here you all are now, just like I was only a few years ago, because you didn't give up and you worked hard to achieve your goals. I want you to remember the value of hard work and perseverance as you leave this great institution and go out into the world. And if you ever get discouraged, just think about a 19-year-old with orthopedic brown shoes hurrying across campus in a corrective neck brace to her biology class. She didn't give up. That sickly teen is now a somewhat less sickly woman who can say she graduated magna cum laude from Bryn Mawr and is the health reporter for Public Radio's 56th most popular show, Dreams Can Come True. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, go to our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow, and like us on Facebook. The podcast is available for download at Stitcher Radio, at Stitcher.com, and at iTunes. The Consider Our Knowledge team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Hobart Willis, Jeremiah Knight, Spencer Cannon, Marianne Wetzel, and Libby Mitchell. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. My butt is totally asleep from sitting on that thing. Okay, don't poke it. Doesn't help. (laughs)